0: Uh, my dear wife to pray tonight would you pray Kathy just to open up the
1: the ministry huh hallelujah mm.
2: father we just want to come into your presence tonight lord and open our hearts and listen lord we thank you for your word which is like bread to us lord feeds our spirits and our souls and our minds gives us strength and hope and light lord we just thank you for your word and pray again tonight that you will speak to us lord what we need to hear and for the furtherance of your work in our lives thank you for bernard bless him tonight lord give him that word that is specific to your heart Amen. Lord, we just thank you for one another. We thank you for uh, like minds and like <laughs> hearts, Lord, mm. for oneness yes. in your spirit, Father. So, such a treasure and a joy to us, Father. Mm. We just are so thankful. Mm. And we just commit this time to you now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Yeah. Oh, Thank you, Kathy. Amen. All right, Bernard. Mm, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Richard. Great. It's lovely to see everyone again. And like Kathy said, I think one of the blessednesses of these times is the sense of one-heartedness. Uh, we're all making a, a distinct effort to come church becomes habit of course and uh, in any sunday morning gathering you're going to have a mixed multitude for sure i don't know whether you've thought about that <clears throat> the mixed multitude might be um one or two of your own children but um there's mixed multitudes in the churches that's particularly true where there's no overt opposition and persecution so that people can just gather by habit. And uh, I, I've realized that for a long time, aware of the mixed multitude and that in, it, 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 it affects a gathering for sure. And I, I don't think we've got a mixed multitude with us this evening or this morning for those of you in Asia and Australia who are on. Um, it's, we're not a mixed multitude. We are those that are uh, lovers of God, something that he has done. And I wanted, I don't know how I'm going to do this evening, really, because I've got a a very sort of large brief, I sense from the Lord, um, a very large picture that I, I want to bring. And you may recall that in the past, um, you may recall that i've referred to a scripture in the book of the revelation which is mentioning the spirit of prophecy the spirit of prophecy it's actually revelation 19 and verse 10 and it's a it's a mighty verse it's been a mighty verse to me and you if you just want to turn to it to, to refresh your memories. Um, John has fallen down to worship the person who's speaking to him. And the person says that he's not to do that. Uh, obviously, the person was so glorious so glorious that he john the apostle felt this person was worthy of worship and so revelation 19:10 and i fell at his feet to worship him and he said unto me see thou do it not I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren which have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Uh, I'm of thy brethren which have. The testimony of Jesus, isn't that marvellous? Um, I know that I have the testimony of Jesus. I think if you reflect upon your own life that, and you look it within, you will realise that you have that same testimony of Jesus. You have his testimony that uh, he's alive in you. And <clears throat> he's testifying to you the things that he testified. Um, if you'll listen, I think of what Becky just read uh, from Mother's, Mother Teresa's remarks about prayer. Uh, I would concur with those remarks. Uh, a profound, profound element of prayer is attentiveness. Quietness of heart. In fact, I don't believe that anyone can really come into any understanding of God and of his ways, any real knowledge of God without solitude, and silence, and suffering—I uh, <clears throat> I, I, I don't believe you can come into real understanding of God and of his ways without that. And so that requires profound uh, attentiveness and. Do you know if you attend to your inner life a moment of five minutes, for instance, if you were to be still and know that you know God, you, you would know that you have his testimony, his life in you and that as you're attentive, he he does what he did when he was on earth. He bore testimony to his father. Uh, he, he came and, <clears throat> you know, and the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Uh, Richard and I were talking uh, just two or three hours ago, briefly, and... Uh, I mentioned to him that earlier this week I had done a, a Zoom. It was Tuesday evening for men, um, mainly men in the United Kingdom. Some of them come in person and some are on the screen um, on a Zoom. Uh, <clears throat> I don't find that very easy, actually, when you've got the two things going on. Um, my attention is kind of divided, looking at the screen and ignoring the brothers that are around me sometimes. But anyway, and I spoke a little bit about prophecy and Richard and I were talking about it again. And of course. You you realize and I realize just how wonderful it is that god speaks that he bears testimony to himself and that he wants us to hear him he wants us to listen um and you you will all know that we, we're incredibly blessed if you turn into 2 peter chapter one we're incredibly blessed that we have in our hands i've got two of them here i've got one on one side i've got one on another that's uh, something i can't do when i'm sort of preaching uh, in person but in i've got this uh, that is said here it says here um, in 2 Peter chapter one, verse 16, we have not followed cunningly, devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For he received from God the Father honour and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day's star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but holy men of god spake as they were moved Born along by the Holy Ghost. It's, I'm reading from the King James, as you'll realize. But there it is, we've, we've got this more sure word of prophecy, the scriptures in our hands. What do they say? It's, it's the word, you know, profane, sound forth, to words that come forth profane and here, here it is something wonderful came forth from god came forth from the excellent glory peter is provoked to he's remembering to his experience with john and andrew his brother. Uh, they were up the Holy Mount. You remember that. And you remember they, they saw something. They saw. He, it says that there came such a voice is the thing that comes. They saw and they heard. I'm mentioning these things, of course, because um, this is the the way that God makes himself known. By seeing and hearing. And they saw Jesus transfigured, but Peter doesn't emphasize that so much, he, 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 he mentions the, the Excellent glory from which came this voice. And you remember he made a bit of a fool of himself at the time when it happened, because he he kind of um, blundered by talking about, well, let's make three tabernacles. You remember that. And um, he just wanted to fill time, I guess and um, wanted to hold it, uh, it like a memorial as something this moment he wanted to possess hold it was a passing moment it was a, a revelation it was an amazing experience they he, you, they'd seen something that had never been seen before. And he wanted to contain it. Uh, he just able to remind himself of it. And of course, the father overshadowed and brought the mist and the cloud. And out of that presence, he spoke and he said, this is my beloved son. In whom I'm well pleased. But you probably remember that the father said something else. Hear him. Hear him. So if you go back into the Gospels. The father talked about his son. And then he said. Hear him. Hear him hear him isn't it wonderful when there are some men and women who are so 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 sold out to god that they are hearing him seeing him um, some of them may be poets some of them may be more, more prosaic in their presentation some of them, um, well, they may be extroverts. Some of them may be of quieter disposition. Some of them, uh, none of them will be casual. None of them can possibly be casual if they're seeing and hearing from the heart of God. But isn't it wonderful that through the centuries, that God has not left himself without witness? Isn't it wonderful that He has had his prophets and his apostles? Uh, he had prophets, of course, in the Old Testament. Uh, right from the beginning it's tremendous we are to thank god for for one of those prophets you may never have thought of him as a prophet named moses and you know how he began um what he wrote you know because he was a prophet who wrote and some prophets were told of course quite explicitly to write down or for an amanuensis to write down jeremiah was told to write down and thank god baruch you can read about him four times in the book of jeremiah that he was an obedient amanuensis and he wrote down what was dictated to him how wonderful i think about these things that the prophet jeremiah prophesied over a period of something like 25 to 35 years and yet on a particular occasion he was able to dictate all that as though the lord refreshed it all to him mightily and uh, baruch wrote it down and aren't you glad that god moved moses i mean i know that in my bible school seminary days i was told all about the j source and the this source and that source and and the what was called in those days higher criticism uh, but I, I i i know about the prophets like um isaiah well there were two or three of them that's what the scholars say and so on well whatever god spoke god spoke and aren't you glad that the first thing that Moses wrote was, in the beginning, God. You know that the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. Oh, it's wonderful. You know, this, this, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is giving God's testimony, giving God's testimony, that's you that they didn't give the testimony of Jesus, those Old Testament prophets, did they, except that they prophesied of the certainty of his coming. They looked ahead. But they spoke of God. They revealed God. And. The first thing that Moses. Penned in what we know as the book of Genesis. Is of course. In the beginning God. I just think of that now. Remember that uh, this is what preaching's all about. This is what your life is all about. This is what it means to be someone who is a witness unto Jesus. You see, it's not uh, saying some words or other. It's that your life is saying, in the beginning, God. Your life saying. that. I wonder if my life's saying that
1: more and more
0: and more as I get near um, my 80s, I wonder if my life is saying that. More than it was when I was in my 40s, in the beginning, God. And, and I, I go back, of course, to dear uh, Peter up on the mount there being silenced uh, and God saying, No, 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 um, this is my son, hear him. And I love the way that uh, it's almost as though God is saying to this precious man peter don't try and capture the moment don't try uh, hear jesus he's going to continue to speak i'm going to continue to speak by the spirit don't try and capture this moment and hold on to it and make a memorial of it because i'm alive and i I'll continue to speak hear, my son. He is speak and speak and speak and speak and work and work and work and work until all his work, all his word that he needs to say is said and all the work that he needs to do in this age will be done bless the name of the lord and as i reflect upon these things of course I, I, I realize and i'm sure you realize this that we so need these speakings of god coming to us in freshness now i pointed out that peter heard and he saw he saw transfiguration and this is these are two words that you will find in paul he saw he heard you'll find it especially in john in the book of the revelation i saw i heard i saw sometimes it he says i heard and i turned and i saw and do you know all this is connected with the genuine he didn't say I learned it by rote. Um, I picked it up uh, in this way or that way. They had revelation, prophetic, apostolic revelation. And it is by prophetic revelation that the church is sustained in the freshness of life the freshness of the divine life where god continues to give his testimony in the midst of the people and <clears throat> you know when i think of this in it's more primitive sense in the old testament what, what i mean by primitive uh, i mean when i begin to look at god as he's revealed in the old testament isn't it right is am i right i know i'm right he's mystery jesus is mystery when it comes into the new testament uh, you 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 know you can't comprehend god if uh, Th- thomas aquinas the man they called the angelic doctor he said this remark um if you can uh, uh, if you can comprehend god you don't know god if you can comprehend it if you can hold him if you can define him you know there's something about god he reveals himself that's of course the first glorious revelations of God that are disclosed in Genesis one is his presence and his creating that lovely word that comes in the beginning God. And then it goes created. Created. It's a lovely revelation of God, don't you think that you know god creates and of course you and i are made in his image and of course not that we create out of nothing but we take things that are made and we recreate them you know we we change them don't we we take a piece of wood and we treat it in such a way that we end up with a nice piece of furniture. you know, these different things that we do, but God the Creator. I just love it, I just love. And yet, as I go through the Old Testament, I find that these that there's something abrasive about God. You know, <clears throat> might sound a strange thing to say, but there's something where he chooses not to fit into the way we try and domesticate him. You know, that he, he does things we would think are quite inappropriate. In fact, so inappropriate that we may get thoroughly annoyed. Uh, he he waits, he delays, he he allows things to take their course where we think they ought to be finished with double quick. It's remarkable uh, the, the the revelation of God that came from him by the spirit to the hearts of men and women to their imaginations some of them were poetic men some of them were prosaic men some of them were uh, men of the palace some of them were men of the field you know god when you i'm in the old testament you see i told you that i was going to try and paint rather a big picture i've got a big brief uh, tonight but you see there's isaiah prophesying you know at the same time as micah two entirely different men, and they're saying the thing, same things about God. And uh, they're showing what he's like and what he wants and what he's going to do. And um, <laughs> I, I really love it when I begin to think of these things, God speaking, God speaking freshly, God revealing himself through men and women, to men and women, so that I'll show you a little bit here in one of the, the Old Testament prophets. Now, this might sound a little bit um, elusive to you. I hope it doesn't. But if you go over into Isaiah 41, now some people say that this Isaiah was a second Isaiah. Well, let them say what they want. Um, and that he was prophesying in the days of Babylon. And... Um, and that he's giving some. But I don't particularly believe that. I believe that Isaiah was prophesying much earlier than that, and that God granted to him in his imagination, in his spiritual sight, he began to see and hear what was going to happen to the people of God down the track. And that he was even going to raise up a man named Cyrus. And we gave him his name beforehand. God, I mean, God is disturbing. Really, this is one of the Old Testament revelations of God. As I said, he's abrasive, but he's disturbing that he should actually use a heathen and raise him up now this is among the things that isaiah prophesies but if you look in chapter 41 verse 21 one of the things that you realize is that as soon as we talk about the testimony the witness of jesus being the spirit of prophecy as soon as we talk about the spirit of prophecy being witnessing to the reality of god the reality of his kingdom the reality of who he is immediately you use the word witness and testimony you're in the law court aren't you am i right Am I right? You're in the realm of the court. Now you understand that there are other pretenders to the throne in the heavens. There is that that wants to say, no, we are God. I think you're guilty of that i think i have been guilty of that am i right no one's nodding but am i right <laughs> you see you have been guilty of thinking you know better than god and you have put self first that's why i thank god for dear moses who says in the beginning god and until you get that right and i get that right in my life that in the beginning it's god he, it, it's god and not the god of your own making you see and you're to be a witness unto that god Mr Putin is witnessing unto his gods in what he's doing. He's a witness to his gods, Pol Pot. I'm reading a book at the moment about the trials of, uh, that took place after Pol Pot and after the Politburo and after Vietnam went in and, uh, you know, of course, the Viet- Vietnamese who went in were communists, you probably know that, but. And they dispossessed Pol Pot and all that he'd done, but all these people are witnesses to their gods. The thing is, are there God's gods or not? Are they real gods? And this was going on in those days. So I look in Isaiah 41 and I find that this is what God says through his prophet. Isaiah's a poetic prophet, it's all poetry with Isaiah and it's lovely beautiful and in the 21st verse of isaiah 41 god says set forth your case says the lord bring forth your proofs says the king of jacob let them bring them and tell us what is to happen. Tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them. The wind may know their outcome or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what is to come. Now, this is irony. This is God speaking with irony through his prophet so his prophet's standing up there in the midst of the people and he's saying uh he's, god is saying set forth your case all you gods you know you bring forth your proofs you know do you know what's going to happen in the future uh, do you really know what's happened in the past have you really got a clue? You know, at the end of every one of these sentences, you have to say that there was silence. They got nothing to say. They don't know. Uh, they've got no proofs. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know the meaning of former things. Uh, they don't know the outcome of things. They've got nothing to say because they don't speak. Declare to us the things to come. Verse 23 Tell us what is to come hereafter, that we may know that you are God's. Do good or do harm that we may be dismayed and terrified behold you are nothing now this is god speaking my brethren this is prophetic ministry this is showing something mighty you are nothing and your work is naught an abomination is he who chooses you now i'm going to swing back and i'm going to swing back to the battle of the gods in the days of egypt every civilization has its gods so egypt had its gods and the people of God had lost faith. There were some who still believed. Moses parents included. But they'd lost their grip. And they were living under the culture the standards the values of their civilization of the Empire of Egypt and they cried out and God heard them and dealt with a certain man and sent a prophet leader back to Egypt a man who had seen God and was seeing God and was hearing God and the battle was enjoined. Bring forth your witnesses, Janes and Jambres. Come and see how many spurious miracles you can do. I, the living God, will work through my servant Moses, and behold, I shall show you that your Egyptian gods are no gods at all. They are dumb, and you Egyptians are an abomination who will follow them. Isn't it remarkable to think of that battle going on as the Lord releases his people by blood and wind and fire, and water. he releases them. You remember how <clears throat> it's so amazing. And they're released to live in his kingdom. In God's kingdom. To have the living God. It's very wonderful. You see, these gods... They they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything.
1: Nothing at all. Remarkable. They're just nothing. I
0: look further on and I find, you know, some very wonderful things. The God is working. Here he is. They're, all those gods are nothing. You know, all of course you say, well, what gods are you referring to there? The Babylonian ones. Bel and Nebo, you can read their names. That, and, and that God had raised up Babylon, not Bel and Nebo. God had raised up Babylon to do a work there's a lot about the work that babylon had been raised up to do by god it's in the book of jeremiah and jeremiah also prophesied and said there's going to be you're going to come down you're no gods you, you're no gods and I, I want to say this and i want to specifically say it the british empire was raised up to fall. The empire of the United States was raised up to fall. To do a little job for a little while. And to fall. It is no God. Capitalism is no God. Like communism is no God. The American way is no God. The Western way is no God. The European way is no God. They cannot tell what's going to happen. They are no God. They are but for a season. George Soros is no God. Bezos is no God. Musk is no God. The World Economic Forum is no God. This is the prophetic message. Part of it. God is God. Verse 25 I so we're back now. I we're back right now in those days. I, God says, stirred up one from the north and he has come from the rising of the sun and he shall call on my name. He shall trample on rulers as on mortar, as the potter treads clay, who declared it from the beginning that we might know and before time that we might say there was none who declared it none who proclaimed none who heard your words i first have declared it to zion and i give to jerusalem a herald of good tidings but when i look there is no one among these there is no counselor who when i ask gives an answer behold they are all a delusion now, this is biblical prophecy. The whole way of the empire of this world is a delusion. And this is part of God's message. Their works are nothing. Their molten images are empty winds. And then you flow on into the first verse of chapter 42. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nation. And you know that's talking about jesus in the long run but first of all it's talking to a rejuvenated israel i want to bring forth my servant i want them to be witnesses to justice in the nations i want them to know i want them to be my witnesses my testimony to let them be a people to, to whom I am God and my ways are established in their midst, and they love me first and they love their neighbor, and they're not forever after the dollar, but they give and they're stupid enough to give their land rest one year in seven and two years added in 50 and all the rest of it and they, they're, they're to be my witnesses i delight in them uh, they're to be subverting this is what we don't understand what i'm speaking to you tonight is a message that is intended to subvert the loud noises of hollywood of washington of beijing uh, all the rest of it it is meant to subvert them all because they are no gods they do not know the future john kerry is going of course to this convention i think it's next week the world economic forum you know, he's being sent there. What's her name from, you know, uh, the World Monetary Fund and they're all going there. And isn't it amazing? They will all profess to
1: know the future. And they don't know it.
0: And they don't even understand what's past. And i have the testimony of god and of christ so do you you have life from above you've been born from above you've been translated out of the empires of america of the american way into the kingdom of his beloved son the implications of that are profound i am called and you are called to be prophetic in your way you live so that you are not subject to the ways that are the normal ways of the empire in bondage to sweating it out to get our kids into the best colleges so that they can get the best jobs and beloved in all your thinking in the beginning god that's the first word god first wait on god first hear him ask for his specific leadings let him direct your heart <laughs> it's so amazing you say but what will he do he will be god to you like he was god he tried to show us glimpses of this oh the wonder of it in the old testament isn't it with his people how he brought them out of egypt how he brought them in the teeth of the enemy slaying the enemy uh, by the sea you know how he he spread a table in the wilderness for them and they became a, a a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Their clothes were supplied and kept. Hallelujah. Their God kept them. Their God
1: guided them. Their God loved them. He when he
0: talks about them through his prophet, even that tough prophet named Ezekiel. And he was a tough, prosaic sort of fellow. He wasn't much of a poet. It was all rather black and white to him. Oh, but God was awesome. Truly not the shallow, stupid way the word awesome has become in our day but you know they feared god affectionate reverence that's the fear of the lord that's it's the affection that a child has for a father who's far above and yet so tender Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, how I fear the living God. With deepest, tenderest fears. Hallelujah. Deepest, tenderest fears. That's F.W. Faber. You know us Protestants. Or, you know, often the roman catholics got ahead on some things and he became one but anyway blessed be the name of the lord i'd love to take you into deuteronomy I, you know just some verses in the 10th chapter uh, i'd love to take you there so will you turn there with me and you know, I could spend, uh, I must look at the clock here. I must draw to an end soon. But uh, I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope you're seeing something. Uh, it's wonderful, you see. Oh, the blessed Jesus. Oh, the way he bore testimony to his father. Oh, how a father was first, first, first. Oh, how he he sanctified the tools of the ordinary in the, in the woodworking shop, oh, how he resisted, oh, how he brought liberty out. He, you know, he brought people out of two bondages. Did you realize that? Did you realize that Jesus spent his whole ministry bringing people out of two yokes? They were living under two yokes. One was the yoke of fastidious religion. The blessed things that the Lord had given to the nation in the Old Testament in the hands of some men had become fastidious Tithing of mint and cummin, and in Jesus was so awkward, and he told him straight you tithe mint and ruin, cummin, and you swallow camels. That's how blind you are. So many women were under the, the yoke of a hard God, a God misinterpreted to them. A God who was fastidious, particular, picky. And they had to Jesus came to reinterpret God to them because he'd been misinterpreted to them. That's partly the purpose of his parables, brothers and sisters. Part of the purpose in simple words he can reinterpret what god is really like take the magisterial one that wonderful parable uh, in three parts found in luke 15 you know immediately what it is where jesus reinterprets sin he's trying to do it to bring them out from under the yoke of their own confused religiousness. You know, they thought that God was uh, a hard man. You know that that sin was all to do i well, once someone had seen out you know and jesus reinterpreted god to them and said no he's the father who ran and fell on the neck of the man the son who'd wasted all his substance he's reinterpreting and he's reinterpreting sin in that story too and here's another Marvellous parable. You remember the one about the people, <clears throat> workers waiting in the, um, in, the, in the marketplace early in the morning, waiting to be hired? Do you remember how the Lord comes along? Uh, and says, will you come to my land, come to my land, I'll, I'll give you a denarius, you remember the story, and then he goes out again, then he goes out again, and, and then at the eleventh hour, you know, when they've only got to work an hour, when all the riffraff who didn't want to work anyway, you know <laughs> hanging around in the marketplace still you you come and work you know this is all part of the story by the way it was only the riffraff who didn't want to work that sort of evaded the draft as it were you know they're still hanging around and jesus called them well, of course that we know it's jesus it's god but <clears throat> in the story jesus tells of course the man comes and and then he starts to give them you know and he begins with the last he gives them a denarius and then he comes to the rest of them and he gives them a denarius and they complain at god like we complain at god like the pharisees were complaining at god <laughs> you know that they, they were complaining at jesus weren't they you're eating and drinking with sinners and wretches people and they And and oh, jesus said oh no no uh, uh, the first will be last and the last will be first. Uh, and if I want to give you, if I want to give you the same as them, then uh, can I not do? Don't you understand what kind of God I am? Jesus is the quintessential prophet. He's bearing witness to the nature of God. He's loosing them from their religious yoke but jesus is not only releasing them from the religious yoke he's releasing them from the empire of rome the bondage that rome was laying upon those people the people of god He's saying if someone demands you go with him a mile go with him too get into the god heart will you and let the God heart get into you. Understand generosity and giving this. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely just to look at this in a different way and realize what Jesus was doing, bearing witness unto God? And I know that I haven't come to Calvary and I won't speak about calvary except to say this to you that it's amazing we're as stiff as posts you know religion gets as stiff as a cut down tree shaped like a cross amazing we we become like that we become hard and so on. And oh, the Lord Jesus hung on the tree. And he bled on the tree. And I heard Jesus saying to me in my heart
1: this week. Oh, don't be heartburners.
0: Don't, don't be a tree like that, heart.
1: Let me bleed all over you. Pour my life into you. Let me love you. See,
0: Jesus is utterly prophetic in everything in everything it releasing isn't it wonderful oh the giving god I-, I turned you into deuteronomy
1: 10 and i never even got there oh <laughs> here's what moses says
0: now o israel verse 12 what does the lord require of you but to fear the lord your god to walk in all his ways to love him to serve the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and to keep the commandments and statutes of the lord which i command you this day for your good
1: behold to the Lord your God <laughs> belong heaven and the heaven of heavens and the all, and the earth with
0: all that is in it. this is how Jesus lived. With this great consciousness. This is how I'm called to live, more and more aware of it in my imagination. This is what I'm to prophesy of, preach of, declare, speak forth. I'm not to exposit letter of scripture. I'm not to be a man who just brings letter but this great god <laughs> to him belong i am to live like this more and more i'm god uh, there's a song i used to play on the piano taking a chance on love and uh you know <laughs> i used to have to play all that stuff but anyway um you know you've got to take a chance on god i tell you <laughs> on his love gotta believe it accept it accept that he will care for you to him belong the heaven of heavens <laughs> and the earth with all that is in it this is your god yet the lord set his heart of in love upon your fathers and chose their descendants after them you above all peoples as at this day i'd like to just note you to notice that moses is prophesying this is from god and that god chose them and i you above all peoples don't you ever think that he hasn't got an interest
1: in other peoples but you above all people
0: Church above all peoples, let it be known to you that in the new heavens and new earth, where the new Jerusalem is, the gates of the new Jerusalem are always open and the nations of them that are
1: saved go in and out thereat. You must never think that God is so small.
0: You must not think that he's small as your prejudices and mine.
1: I hope that you're being loosed from the pride of race. And you're
0: being brought into this empire of god <laughs> yet the lord set his love upon you isn't that lovely and your fathers and chose you above all peoples Circumcise therefore verse 16 the foreskin of your heart and be no more stubborn now i thank
1: god for this Cut the flesh out of the heart of your heart, will you? By this grace, you now are able to do that.
0: Cut the flesh out. You know, I'll give you a little example. You know, many years ago, uh, living in Yorkshire, we were and Yorkshire people, uh, they have this saying, Yorkshire Blunt. What does that mean? It means they can be very abrasive and very rude and unnecessarily so at times. Yorkshire Blunt. And sometimes they're pride, proud of it. And I can remember conversing with two leaders in a church and sometimes I... I can recall that there was some something went on, I don't know the details of it, and we were discussing this, and uh, one of them said to me, really, Bernard, uh, we make excuses for our bluntness and our rudeness, but really, it's the flesh. That's what he said really it's the flesh we're just allowing ourselves and justifying it you see circumcise the foreskin of your heart cut it out that's what he's saying because i'm this kind of god to you because i'm so wonderful to you because i've chosen you because to me belong everything circumcise the foreskin of your heart and don't be stubborn for the lord your god is god of gods and lord of lords the great the mighty the terrible who is not partial and takes no bribe he executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and he loves the sojourner i think of our friend piotr over there in poland and doroka his wife and the others in his church they've got 60 ukrainians in their place at the moment see he loves the sojourners he loves the strangers giving him food and clothing love the sojourner therefore for you are sojourners in the land of egypt and so it goes on you know this is pure blessed prophetic testimony oh it's liberating you know, I, I'll, I'll have to stop, but can I stop with a uh, with this. <laughs> Coming back to this matter, oh, use your imagination.
1: I turned and I saw. And I heard. Seeing
0: is to do with the imagination imagine a new life imagine a, a, a greater liberty than you've ever known in the lord imagine a trust hear
1: him hear him see Hear.
0: <laughs> it's wonderful you know a uh, uh, cover that you might prophesy, will you? Will you? Uh, you? You know the famous verse, don't you? I'll come to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know it all so well. Sorry, 14. Chapter 14. 1 Corinthians. Make love
1: your aim. And. Earnestly desire. The spiritual gifts.
0: Oh, wonderful. Earnestly desire. Do you know? i i've come to see you know
1: I, I i've always wanted to prophesy i think what what do you mean as soon as the lord began to fill my heart i wanted to speak i wanted to share and of course
0: I began to learn about this this spontaneous gift called prophecy, where God was speaking not so much the future this and future that and future the other, but about himself. About his son. About his will. About his glory. About. His love, his person, and so on. You know, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Especially. Oh, that your tongue will be loosed. That you will have some uh, specific, well, a flow of utterance. Perhaps to people in need, perhaps someone in the supermarket that you will pray prophetically. I sent someone birthday greetings and on Facebook Messenger and it turned into
1: prophecy. This week. Turned into prophecy. Where the
0: Lord was speaking of himself to this man to encourage him make love your aim you know you know that 1 corinthians 13 begins like this doesn't it if i speak in the tongues of men that's what
1: preachers do on sunday mornings If I speak in the tongues of men and angels,
0: he's not particularly talking about unknown tongues. He's the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. That Sunday morning sermon is supposed to be a channel of love. A channel of the knowledge of God. Not just bleating about justification by faith again. Sorry to say that. For justification
1: by faith is most wonderful. But you know what I mean, don't you? You see hear him
0: don't make a memorial to justification by faith
1: don't make a memorial to the new heart be new become prophetic become
0: uh, those who you know <laughs> it's wonderful Perhaps I, I'm not putting it over very well, but I hope something's coming through. I, I don't want to be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he says, if I have all prophetic powers and understand all mysteries
1: and all knowledge, I'm nothing if I haven't got love. I'm nothing.
0: Now, there, there's, there's a linkage of words there where you've got prophetic powers, mysteries, and knowledge brought together. I'll give you some clues about what real... Oh, God wants us to have some understanding of the mysteries and the knowledge... Prophetic powers, that we'll have prophetic powers to speak false. You know, uh, this is something very, very wonderful. God <clears throat> bearing witness to himself through his people. <laughs> oh, the gods, my brothers and sisters,
1: my, the gods of this world are nothing. They shall pass. They shall pass. The people of God, their God shall not fail them. The, your God shall not fail you. never is anything too hard for him that's what he says to jeremiah
0: <laughs> my final scripture then is acts 5 and here it is a very simple word uh, just a little cameo for those involved it would have been a big thing that passed. But it's just a little cameo of the fight we're in. Here it is. <sighs> Signs and wonders were being done. God was moving. And verse 17. But the high priest rose up. And all who were with him. That is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and they put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life and when they heard this they entered the temple at daybreak, and taught a little cameo of the fight we're all involved in there's the empire the religious one in this case filled with jealousy seeking to lock up the people of god the apostles of god the spokesmen of god the men of, of revelation and we could this is what's going on it's a little cameo there it is locking down and here's the church of jesus christ in the United Kingdom, the enemy is ever working to lock you down. And stop the prophetic flow of you bearing witness to the mighty glorious God who is your father and lover. <laughs> and an angel came and set them free and said go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life let's go forward brothers and sisters i mean this let's know who we are richard mentioned earlier didn't he about uh, every little piece of bread being picked up all those baskets were filled and you are bread my brother and sister you are god's bread you may regard yourself just a little crumb of it little piece a little left over but I tell you, be not ashamed of your God. You know
1: him, he's in you. And flow. Flow. Give. It shall be given unto you.
0: Blessed, blessed. I have friends who are walking the length of the Thames. It starts somewhere. So small bubbling out. And they're walking its whole length. And you know what happens and it's like that. <laughs> let the Lord's Angel. Let us all out of prison. <laughs> and let's hear him say go and uh, speak amen